Lawyers Home Improvement Show, built by Par Lumber. When it comes to big or small projects around the home, Tony and Corey have got the know-how and the answers to make your life just a bit easier. Here they are, your Weekend Warriors, Tony and Corey. Hey, welcome to the Weekend Warriors Home Improvement Show, built by Par Lumber. I'm Corey Valdez. And I'm Tony Cookston. Welcome to the show this week, everybody. We've got a great show lined up for you. We're talking about cost versus value. Every year, the Remodelers Magazine, or Remodeling Magazine, comes out with a report. They call it cost versus value. And essentially, they evaluate all of these projects, and they tell you uh, approximately how much your rate of return will be. Yeah, they start with the top 20. I think it's this top 21. The top 21 most popular or most uh, purchase, pro- product most purchased for the top 21 uh, projects. And then they compare the amount of money that you spent to get it done with the amount of money that you can expect to get back when you sell the house. And uh, it's a very interesting report and it jumps all over the place. So some, some of the things that Corey and I see surprise us, uh, but then a lot of things don't. A lot of the things that are on the list, I feel like we, we talk about all the time. Uh, we say, that this is a, a, always a good return on your investment, the easiest thing. And some of them will be familiar to you, but some of them will surprise you too. For example, a pool. <laughs> a pool is never. A pool is never a good return on investment uh, in Oregon. <laughs> in, well, in the Pacific Northwest, I think it's, yeah. it's not. Well, you know, actually, if you think about like uh, the Bend market, uh, there's, it's a lot warmer over there during the summer. So maybe, uh, maybe putting a pool in there is a little more desirable than it is in the Portland, uh, Metro market. Yeah. But again, we want to reiterate the rules of this game, right? The rules are this, first of all, nobody is going to tell you, uh, not to change your house to fit your needs. If you plan to be there and you want the comfort and you can afford it, then you do it right. Nobody's telling you not to do that. All we're talking about here is how much of the money you spend on your improvement can you expect to get back when you sell the house, right? If you spend $50,000 on a kitchen remodel, does that improve the value of your house by $50,000? Or is it 40? Or is it 60? That's all we're talking about. We're not telling you not to put a pool in. By all means, if you want a pool, put in a pool. But remember that the money that you're spending for the pool may or may not be recoupable dollars. But I can't swim, Clark. <laughs> and so that's what we're going to do. We're going to talk about all kind of different projects and and how you can expect them to pay you when you resell the house. Yeah, and you know, here's an interesting thing that a lot of people don't consider is that doing a project doesn't necessarily mean you're going to recoup all of your money. As a matter of fact, most projects around your home, you can expect not to get most of the money back. I mean, percentage-wise, if you're paying a contractor to come in there and do a project, you're only looking, I mean, in the max in the 90s, but most of them are in the 50, 60, 70% return on investment immediate investment. Right. Okay. So now here is the other side of the coin. We've been talking about the improvement side of the coin and getting your money back. Let's talk about not doing an improvement, right? Your siding is failing. You've got rotten corner boards 
and there's an issue, right? Now, what you're doing is you're spending money to protect your investment, right? If you don't do the work, then your house is becoming worth less. Doing the work does not make your house worth more. It only makes it worth what you've already invested in it. So some of these things are maintenance issues, which you will have to pay to get it done in order to retain the value of your house, as opposed to improve the value of your house. Yeah, you're absolutely right. I mean, there is a fine line of, uh, you know, re-deciding your whole house just because, or re-deciding your house because you have to. You're leaking everywhere. Like you said, all your trim is rotted. If that's the case, you know, I don't think it necessarily applies these, to these numbers. These numbers won't apply to you because your house is in such disrepair. The amount of money lost, you know, the spread on that is probably quite a bit more significant. Yeah, I feel like that this is going from a performing product to a better performing product, right? Uh, not from a failed product to a performing product. So, and this is all a big gray area, honestly. Uh, it's it's not black and white at all. It's very uh, it's very relative. Sure. Yeah. Actually, everything, everything on this cost versus value report is relative, and it's relative to your situation. You know, before the show, Tony and I were kind of running through some of these things, and just to go into one, one of the 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 most performing you know projects that you can do is to replace your garage door an upscale garage door replacement will net you 120% of the amount of money that you invested into that door now that is an investment sure that's a really good investment so you're you're spending 3500 bucks for a brand new garage door and you'll get 120% back you know, on average, to replace that. Right. However, mm-hmm. there's a caveat to that because <laughs> if you live in a neighborhood where the the homes aren't on that upscale side, I mean, if you don't live in an eight hundred thousand or a million dollar home, putting a thirty five hundred dollar garage door on your home probably won't net one hundred and twenty percent return. Right. Exactly. That's the difference between living in Brentwood. And living in uh, balsa wood, yeah, <laughs> balsa wood, uh, for lack of a better term, yeah. The value of your home and the value of your neighbor's homes makes a big difference. Yeah, in any project, and especially if, uh, like we said before, if resale value is on the forefront, it's on the front of your mind. The reason you're doing a project, say you're fixing up your home to sell it. And you're trying to figure out the best projects to do to get the best return on your money, uh, on you know up front. Yeah, uh, this will help you. That's a question everybody. I feel like everybody asks, right? Uh, you're because you want to improve the home, but you don't want to throw money away, uh, especially if you're not planning on staying in the home. Right. That's another big difference, and I know we talk about that all the time. If you're doing this for quality of life and comfort in your home, and you're going to be there to enjoy it then by all means, do it. Uh, but if you're planning to sell the home and you just want to make it as favorable as possible, then spending money that you won't recoup is not a good choice. Well, and there's other things you can do as well. Uh, one of the projects that's always made the bottom of the list uh, for return on investment is uh, turning, converting a bedroom into an office. 
that literally will reduce the resale value of your home. Right. You're taking a bedroom away and converting it to an office. But there are ways that you can do that project and still get your money back. Right. Yeah. There's definitely everything is uh, there's more than one way to get it done. We got to take a quick break. When we come back, more cost versus value right here on the Weekend Warriors Home Improvement Show. Don't go away. Welcome back to the show. Thanks for staying with us. Today in the show, we're talking about cost versus value and uh, the, the amount of money you put into a project versus the amount of money you get out. That's what that means, cost versus value. We're specifically talking about your home, uh, but the same applies um, you know, to your clothes and uh, your car. <laughs> like, a, like a Ferrari. You put a bunch of money into a Ferrari. You know, the, the car actually is like the, your worst investment. Yeah. They say that a car is, the minute you drive it off the lot, it loses such so so much money. If you buy it brand new, right? That's why you've got to buy, um, you got to buy used cars that have been vomited in. Is that why you only drive junkers? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> because I want to get my money out of it. <laughs> it's because I'm a penny pincher. That's smarter, uh, I guess. No, um, no, we are talking about. Uh, your home and where remodeling and improvements and maintenance is concerned and um, and specific projects. And this is also a good motivator. It can help you determine what you can do to spruce up the home, to make it new and fresh, and also choose projects that you know you'll get a good return on. Absolutely. That's the, uh, that's the name of the game. We talked a little bit ago about, um, in the last segment, we talked about replacing your garage door. Now, you did this exact thing. You replaced a garage door. Now, your situation, though, was um, was pretty severe, right? You had a, an old wood garage door, and it, it was solid, right? There was no glass in it. Right. It was an old wood solid door that had been painted 12 times. Uh, it was seeing its age. It was getting a little sagged in the middle. Yeah. Uh, there wasn't anything wrong with it. It operated fine. Yeah, it operated fine. Um, the garage door opener, the, the, the electric opener worked fine. Uh, it sounded like a, a herd of elephants or something, or like a lawnmower starting up when it turned mm -hmm. on, but it did work. <laughs> but when you looked at it from the curb, right, it definitely aged your house. It looked janky. Yeah, you well, you could tell. You could tell that that was an old garage door. And here's the thing, folks. Your garage door is 16 foot wide by 8 foot tall. It's a huge part of your... It's a huge chunk of the picture of your home. The curbside picture of your home. Yeah, the curb appeal. Yeah, and that's a big deal. Curb appeal is huge. Um, I've told this story before. Corey, uh, years ago, Corey was house hunting. 
And uh, I would go ride along with him sometimes to view some houses. And here's the thing. Um, Car- Corey, uh, Carrie, sorry, sorry. It's okay. I, I don't know. I've you. been called worse. I don't know you very well, apparently. Uh, Corey is a very pick, picky sort of person. I don't, I don't want picky to come off as a negative connotation. He just, he knows what he wants. And we would read information. Particular. Yeah, we would read information about a house that he wanted to go and look at. And we pulled up to this one house that I will never, ever forget. We pulled up to this house. And he looked at it from the car, and he's like, I'm not even getting out. I would never buy that house. He drew an opinion of that house simply by looking at the home and the yard around it and the shape that it was in from the curb. That is curb appeal at its finest. And uh, he has no idea. The walls inside of that house could have been lined with 24 karat gold. He would never know that because he looked at it from the curb and said, I'm, nope. I'm not even getting out of the car. And here's the thing. There was like four other people there looking at the house at that time. It was a great price, but he said, it's I think not, it sold that day. It's yeah, it did. It's not worth, it's not worth it to me to even get out of the car. So if Corey's doing that, you know that people looking to buy your home when you're selling it are doing the exact same thing. Curb appeal is a big deal because curb appeal is a big deal. The garage door is the prime example of something that you could spend a fairly small amount of money on. I mean, when you're talking about so. when you're talking about twenty or thirty or forty or fifty thousand dollar remodels, uh, thirty five hundred dollars for a garage door, and it's a fairly simple thing. You can hire a guy; they come out, they bring the door, they install it. Corey, I think, um, inst- you did your own garage door opener, right? No, you had it done. Yeah, so th- I had a guy come out. Removed the old door, removed the old springs, removed the old track, removed the old opener, everything. Took it all out and put up a new door, new track, new springs, a new linear actuator, the motor, uh, everything installed. Uh, and I think I only paid 1500 bucks. Yeah, and here's the thing about that. His garage door is gorgeous. Uh, double insulated inside and out with uh, windows, windows across the all top. the way across the front. And now it looks like... Uh, it looks like a, a a million bucks, and it is silent. It's got that uh, rubber track, you know the the chain. It's instead of a chain drive, it's got that rubber belt, and it is so quiet. So the cool you can't even hear it open. Thing about that about your experience is that not only did you make money on the improvement that you made to your home, but you also made yourself so much happier. You got something that's quieter, something that looks better, something that makes you feel more comfortable. Every time you drive in your driveway, you think to yourself, man, I like my garage door. I really do. I know you do, because I hear you saying it literally. Uh, and so to this day, it's been a year, That is, I still love it. That's the thing about choosing the right project when you're doing upgrades at home. Choose the right project, and it will not only be what you wanted, but it will make you happy, and it will make you money on top of that. Well, you know, it's interesting. What really pushed me over the edge on that project was the cost versus value report. Because I knew that by replacing my old dumpy garage door with a brand new one, I would I would recoup my money. The problem and I is, could sell it to my wife that way. A lot of times we wait until something doesn't work to replace it. Is, would you agree with that? A lot of times, I mean, yeah. a lot of times we do. And, uh, and the fact is you didn't have to. In this particular case, you didn't have to. You saw an opportunity and you made a good choice. And I, going along with that same thing, curb appeal, um, number two on the list, or should we go with number one? 
Yeah, go number one. Number one on the list for mid-range homes um, is adding manufactured stone veneer. Accent. Right, accent. Which and, is literally 100% curb appeal. Yeah, it's it's totally aesthetic. There is no other reason to put manufactured stone veneer in your home other than making it look better. Yeah, and it is absolutely gorgeous. I love it. I wanted it on the exterior of my home, but budget did not allow. Unfortunately, I have 10 um I have 10 posts underneath my front porch, uh my wrap around porch really. Uh, and I wanted to wrap all of those posts with stone veneer, uh, culture stone, or something the like. Sure. That. And uh, and the fact is, it was just more money than I could afford to do. And someday I probably will. But in this case, manufactured stone veneer. This one was actually applied to the front of the house, um, underneath About three feet up. Yep, three feet up underneath the windows and around the door on either side of the garage door, and also up around the entry door. So it was. It's pretty specific. The information that that garnered this response, which was a one hundred and twenty five percent return, right, was pretty specific. It was on all across the front of the house, not just around your your columns, but across it. But it absolutely is gorgeous. I I think it's gorgeous. Yeah, and according to the report, they estimate that it would cost around eighty five hundred bucks. And again, you spent eighty five hundred bucks. And immediately, your home is valued 125% higher than 8500 bucks. Yeah. In, in this uh, example that they have, they replaced vinyl siding with that, uh, with that stone veneer. Um, but it doesn't have to be vinyl necessarily. Anyways, that's a prime example of a way to really give your home a facelift and, and improve the value of your home and just love looking at the front of your house Every time you pull in the driveway, I mean, it's Certainly. absolutely gorgeous. Well, you know, it's something to think to about it. too. If you're again, if you're replacing your siding anyway, if it has gone bad, and if you have some rot and you're replacing it, think about adding manufactured stone veneer. Yep, that addition right there can make a big difference. Okay, we got to take another quick break. When we come back, more cost versus value right here on the Weekend Warriors Home Improvement Show. Don't go away. Hey, welcome back to the Weekend Warriors Home Improvement Show. Thanks for staying with us. Uh, we're talking about cost versus value today, but if you haven't already, go check out our Facebook and Instagram pages. Uh, we're on YouTube now. Tony and I are broadcasting all of our video podcasts on there. Uh, it's really, really cool. So you can go check that out. We're on YouTube.com forward slash WW Home Show. Pinterest. Pinterest. We're also at Pinterest.com forward slash WW Home Show. Uh, or you can go to our website. It's really simple. It's WW Home Show.com. 
And if all of that's too confusing, <laughs> you can stop and go to Par's website. That's P-A-R-R dot com and uh, click on the Weekend Warriors link. Tony and I's email addresses are on there. If you ever want to email us, we absolutely love hearing from you. If you have questions about anything we're talking about today or any other week, send us over an email or a comment. We'd love one to my, hear from you. One of my favorite things, honestly, is to hear from the listeners, whether it's uh, constructive criticism or positive feedback or maybe just saying, uh, you know, I really love that thing you talked about on the radio. Uh, it does Corey and I's heart good to know that people out there are benefiting from the uh, blathering and smathering that we do on the radio every week. That's right. We've been doing this a long time, so we really appreciate it. So thank you so much for all of the feedback you send. All right, so uh, today on the show we're talking about cost versus value. Mm -hmm. Uh, Every year this report comes out from Remodeler Magazine, and uh, what they do is they take projects and they uh, punch them into a specialized software, and it spits out, uh, the average rate of return on that investment. And uh, right at the top is adding manufactured stone veneer mm-hmm. uh, as uh, what they call a mid-range project. Costs yeah. you about 8500 bucks if you have it done. Mm-hmm. That's kind of how this works. It's $8,500, and you get 125% return on your investment if you pay a contractor to do it. Right. If you're a weekend warrior and you want to take on a project like that, well, you're going to get a lot more than 125% return. Yeah, yeah, you definitely jump into an area where you're you're really getting a lot more of your money back, which is super exciting, and in some cases, even more than you spent. Absolutely. Well, you know, there's projects like that that are okay. Uh, projects like, you know, replacing your garage door, I don't recommend. Well, well garage doors specifically, Corey, though, that's a, that's a dangerous thing. That's I mean, what I was going to say. That big spring and, and all that can be... Uh, can be super dangerous. I mean, you know, not not every project has those types of specific dangers, but I, I thought you were going to refer to like uh, installing a, a tankless water heater or something like that. Be plumbing and electrical oftentimes uh, are trades that are dangerous to try to tackle on your own. Um, but the garage door, although that seems like it could be a simple thing, uh, that actually is. I think it's a it's a it's a widowmaker. The, yeah, well, yeah, absolutely right. Those, <laughs> those springs on those things can, they um, can kill. I want to make one more real quick comment. It's notable that the cost versus value report, which you can find on the internet, folks, it's on there, to cost versus value 2018. It, they do split that up into three sort of categories. They, they have a national um, list, right, which talks about um, cost versus value on a national level. I mean, you can be looking at East Coast, West Coast. They're all kind of jumbled together. Uh, you can also look at it regionally, which is what Corey and I are doing. Um, in And for the Pacific Northwest, it includes Alaska, California, Washington, and Oregon. And so we, we feel like that's a good view for us. But there's also, you can look at it uh, per city. So you could look at it for Portland uh, or Seattle. Um, and then that would give you an even more detailed look at what you're seeing. But for the show that we're doing today, we're talking about regional data. So the Pacific Northwest really, and, uh, and how these things are affected. So we talked about right at the top, of course, manufactured stone veneer was, was a great project. And I definitely want to do that at my house. Um, but here's another one, entry door replacement. Now this one is unique uh, on this list, the entry door replacement for a mid range project and the entry door replacement for an upscale project both made the top 20. 
So both of those two projects are in the top 20 most popular projects and bring back uh, a very good return on investment. So we'll talk about mid-range first. Entry door replacement. They spent $2,000 to replace the entry door and they replaced the door with a steel door. Now, not just a steel like six panel, but it's a steel half light. And I don't know, Corey, how a half light looks on the entry of a house. Um, I mean, if it's frosted or has some kind of sort of caming or something in there, I can understand that. But do you can you see a half light on the entry of a house? I've seen it many times. Yeah. Have you? I mean, a lot of people don't want to have that much glass right on the front of the house, unless of course you can't see through it. You know, it's interesting. I am in the process of designing and building my new entry door. I currently have a double 3-0 door. It's a yeah. kind of a double door. Yeah. They're solid. Yeah. And the entry of my home is a cave. Yeah. You walk in, there's a long hallway with, with all the bedroom and bathroom doors closed. There is no light in there. No, yeah, yeah. It's a big entry. Super big and grand it can be, but it's dark. There's just no light, no it glass. It could be, yeah, middle of summer. At high noon, and there, and you walk in, and you have to turn a light on. Yeah, it's it's crazy. It is weird, kind of. It's really cool because it's big, but it's uh, but it's weird, kind of. So I, what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna put in a single, like a single three o door with two side lights, and the entry door itself. I'm toying with the idea of putting in a full light or a half light, so that I can get more light in there. But I'm also looking at uh, privacy glass. You know, having it uh, obscured. And a lot of people will say, "Don't you think it's a, don't you think it's a security concern to have glass in your front door?" I don't think so. I mean, here's where I'm at on that. I mean, I, I don't, I don't, you don't see it. I feel like you don't see it very much, but I'm not against it. And here's the reason why: your back patio door is all glass. I mean, if somebody's going to break your glass to come in, why are they going to choose the front door? Why don't they come in the back door or a, any one of the windows that you have that are six foot wide and five foot tall? So there's plenty of glass in the house. I wouldn't be worried about having extra glass in the entry. I feel like that's right, but a lot of people don't want it to be just see-through glass, maybe something that's frosted or or tinted or, or something like that. Right, and that's what I'm looking at, and I think uh, that's probably the situation here too. So in this situation, in, in a mid-range situation, the entry door replacement is a steel door, which really is the most cost-effective door, but with a half light, and probably the glass is, um, is frosted or um, has some sort of um, something that you can't see through, right? So they're not looking into your living room when they come to the front door and knock. And that that project, Ian, we spent $2,000. And that $2,000 project brought back 95.4% of your investment. You know why it's 95% and not 100? No. Because they went with steel. Oh, that's why. <laughs> uh, I so, don't recommend steel entry doors, ever. Well, you know, steel entry doors have their place. Uh, if you've got a, a really nice awning over your entry and it doesn't ever see weather at all right um steel though dense and it rusts and there's so many things about it it's inexpensive true but uh but it just doesn't have the last ability that a fiberglass door has and so you'll see that we go to the upscale and it's not called an entry door replacement in the upscale it's called a grand entrance now and we didn't spend 
$2,000 on the grand entrance. We spent $9,000. This $9,000 grand entrance is with a fiberglass door. Fiberglass is definitely the door of choice. It doesn't dent, it doesn't rot, and it doesn't rust, right? It absolutely, yeah. Three really good reasons to use a fiberglass door. There are downsides to fiberglass. There's there's only one that I can think of. Uh, maybe if there may be more, but I tell you what, you have to be careful on the colors that you paint a fiberglass door if it sees direct sunlight. Yeah, dark colors like black or super dark gray or navy blue, uh, those can cause the door to expand and contract a lot. And that will uh, impair the paint job that's on the door as well. So, uh, yeah, so you got to be really careful um, with a fiberglass door. You can stain a fiberglass door to make it look like wood. And that is very common. Fiberglass doors come with a, a really deep wood grain. And you can buy a gel stain and stain those doors and make them look just like wood. Not a little like wood, a lot like wood. It is so much like wood, you would be hard-pressed to tell the difference from you know, five feet away. Yeah, you're really two feet away. Yeah, it's difficult to tell. And they're absolutely gorgeous. But $9,000 on a grand entrance with a fiberglass door, it's probably got side lights on both sides and a transom over the top. That's an 82.4% return on investment. And that is pretty darn good. I agree with that. Hey, we got to take another quick break here. Uh, when we come back, we're going to move right down that list of cost versus value and talk about those popular projects. You're listening to Tony and Corey. Do not go away. Welcome back to the show. Thanks for staying with us. Today on the show, we're talking about cost versus value. And uh, the, the projects around your home that you uh, put money into and how much you get back out of them. <laughs> I I love doing this show. I love this show. Not just the cost versus value show, but the Weekend Warriors Home Improvement Show. Corey and I are sitting here uh, talking about the content, right? What we're about to talk about when we come back from the break. And here we are back from the break, and we're going to talk about another curb appeal item, and it's uh, it's window replacement. Everybody uh, everybody knows that windows have um, they have a certain life, right? And eventually they are worn out, and for a whole bunch of reasons, the glass is worn out, or the the frame is worn out, or whatever, right? And they need to be replaced. And windows, the technology in windows is always. Um, becoming better and better and better, right? And so they're performing better every year, I feel like. And um, and so when you have windows that are becoming better performers, eventually you're behind the eight ball. You know, you're spending way too much on electricity when you could spend one flat rate, have new windows, and save that money every day going forward. So window replacement is a big deal, not just because of curb appeal, not just because of energy efficiency, 
but also because there's a great return on the investment. Not to mention, you can get tax breaks on uh, purchasing windows that meet certain criteria. But uh, vinyl window and wood window replacements, regardless of what you have, um, both of those get over 80% return on investment. This shows vinyl windows at 85.1. It shows wood windows at 81.6. That's a really, really good return on investment, especially since replacing your windows is going to result in you saving money on, uh, on energy because they're so much more efficient than whatever it is that you're replacing. Now, the reason why I thought this was funny <laughs> and why I love doing this show Coronet, we're looking at this list, and it shows that the upscale vinyl window replacement was a $17,000 project. For wood windows. Well, the, the vinyl. The vinyl was $17,000. Oh, 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 oh. Yeah. So, so the upscale window replacement for vinyl windows was $17,000. And then it shows the wood window replacement at 20,000. Well, here's the deal. That's not going to be um that's not going to be a really those aren't going to be good numbers. If if the if the wood window replacement is at 20 grand, the vinyl window replacement is half of that easily or less. Well, and they say uh in in the description of the window vinyl replacement vinyl or uh, vinyl replacement windows, uh it's replacing 10 3x5 double hung windows. In right. Tony's experience, yeah, I was a window guy for a long, long time. There, that equates to seventeen hundred dollars a window. Accor- that's what this is. According saying. to this, yeah, according to this, that's not the which is not the case. Out of control. I mean, out there's of no control. Way. <laughs> I mean, maybe five hundred, maybe five hundred dollars a window. That which is a third of that number. Um, but we're not, we're not uh, uh, trying to rewrite the book here. What what we're here to tell you about is that. A vinyl or wood window replacement is going to bring you a great return on investment. The other thing that we're telling you is that in this case, we feel like a vinyl window replacement is even better than the 85% that they're projecting, right? And the $17,000 cost to replace 10 windows is not a good number. That's probably um, less than half of that. Uh, So, but replacing your windows is good for so many reasons. It's going to make the house look so much better. It's going to perform so much better. And, uh, and you're going to get a really good return on your investment for window replacement. And, um, and this is all of this is figured with the windows um, pushed in from the outside and none of the interior trim even bothered at all. They cut the old windows out from the outside. They installed the, old, the new windows in from the outside and they trimmed around them and done. Corey and I actually did a, a how-to video um, of installing a window and also installing vapor barrier, Tyvek vapor barrier, around the outside of that window. That is a great thing. We should really put a link to that on our Facebook page so people can see it. Yeah, we should. Anyway, that's something that, uh, that's something that will really bring you a good return on your investment. What's the next item on our list, Deezer? Well, you know, if you're, we've kind of been talking a little bit about uh, curb appeal. Most of the items on uh, the top of that list are curb appeal related. And it makes sense because the more curb appeal your house has, uh, the better it's going to sell, the more money you're going to get out of it. So uh, it really makes sense. But there are other things that sell a home. And the more buyers it's going to attract. Yeah, absolutely. So (laughs) the less buyers, no, 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 (laughs) the less, the fewer buyers it will repulse from, 
from the uh, from the curb. Yeah. If you're particular <laughs> like I am, and you pull up to a house and you take one look at it and go, oh no. Yeah. Uh, but funny. there are other things. For instance, um, a kitchen remodel. Yes. A kitchen remodel is a mid-range kitchen remodel is very high on the return on investment list. Uh, they call a minor kitchen remodel $24,000. That's right in that's right in line with my kitchen remodel. Yeah. It's yeah. That's exactly almost exactly what I It's was, kind of was, a I mean and honestly $24,000 is kind of a budget kitchen. That's uh, doing probably uh, replacing the countertops with uh, laminate. It's probably doing uh, maybe even just refacing your cupboards. You did a lot of the work yourself, so right. you actually have a quite a bit higher uh, higher end kitchen remodel than I think what they're referring to here. Yeah, you're right. And this this goes right back to the comment that you made earlier in the show. If you're a weekend warrior and you're taking on these projects or even just portions of these projects, uh, these numbers will will grow for you. Larger return on investment are available to people who are able to do more of the work. Um, it's, if you're hiring a contractor to do some work, get right into a conversation with him right away and say, hey, what can I do? What can you task me with that will save me money on this project? The more you can do, obviously, um, the less it will cost you and the better your return on investment will be. Yeah, so the, the description on the that they've given for their kitchen remodel is literally refacing the cabinets, okay. uh, leaving the current boxes, replacing the floor, uh, replacing the countertops, and replacing the um, refrigerator and stove. And oh. that's it. Okay. For 24000 bucks. Yeah. Well, fresh paint and wall coverings. Too. Right, yeah. Well, that's, that's a really good budget kitchen remodel, I feel like. But that's... I also feel like most weekend warriors could do that themselves for half of that. Absolutely. Yeah. You could really get, in my opinion, you can really get a $35,000 kitchen remodel for that kind of, for that $24,000. Um, if you're doing a lot of the work yourself, like, like Corey and I did in both of our cases. Then I'll tell you what, you're going to be getting more than, a lot more than 92% return on your investment. Yeah. That's definitely putting you up in the, in the winner's circle. Yeah. Right, where you're making, well over a hundred. Making money on that investment. And that's a big deal. So right uh, next on the list uh, would be a deck. The addition of a deck. Yeah, a deck addition. A wood deck addition. Everybody wants to build a deck, right? Um, this is not necessarily a wood deck replacement, although I guess that it could be. Um, but a wood deck addition, uh, if you don't have a deck on the house, then uh, you're probably wishing you did or, or want to at least explore the possibility but uh, that's got a really good return on investment at 88.9%. Of course, they're talking about spending $13,000, and that's easy to spend $13,000 on a new deck. Oh, absolutely. You know, depending on the options, depending on what you put in, uh, $13,000 is easy. But I tell you what, you can get into composite for about the same price. And we'll talk a, bit, a little bit about that after the break. Yeah, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, uh, your wood deck edition or composite, you're listening to Tony and Corey. Your Weekend Warriors don't go away.
Weekend Warriors Home Improvement Show, built by Par Lumber. When it comes to big or small projects around the home, Tony and Corey have got the know-how and the answers to make your life just a bit easier. Now, here's Tony and Corey. Hey, welcome back to the show. Thanks for staying with us. Today in the show, we're talking about cost versus value. Uh, if you haven't already, go check us out on our Facebook page at facebook.com forward slash WW Home Show. Uh, we also have a Pinterest page, same thing. Search uh, WW Home Show. Uh, or if you want to send us an email, you can go to par.com. That's P A R R.com. Uh, click on the Weekend Warriors link, and both Tony and I's email addresses are there. I thought of another thing that's a really good uh, that's a really good thing to consider uh, cost versus value when purchasing. How about a painting? When you're buying a painting, right, and you pay five hundred dollars for it, but you turn around to sell it and you can only sell it for fifty cent, it probably wasn't a good investment. Is that right? That's yes. <laughs> I would say that's a bad investment. Do you think of yourself as a, a collector of paintings? Of art? Yeah. Are you an art collector? I have a few. Are you a connoisseur? I wouldn't say a connoisseur. Are the are the pieces of art that you own going to make you money when you sell them? Yep. Wow. Nice. I'm impressed. So. I am impressed. I am well, a I'm glad I impressed I am you. a creator of art. Me and my uh, 100 count Quran set can make some pretty amazing stuff. A la Crayola. <laughs> <laughs> but today we're focusing on cost versus value where your home is concerned. <laughs> and um, and we were just about to talk about a deck, adding a deck. Now this says specifically in the mid-range, it says a deck edition, a wood deck edition. They said that they spent $13,000 on an, a wood deck edition and, and they recouped 88.9%, almost 89% of the cost to add a wood deck. Yeah, 16 by 20 deck with stairs and railing. Wow. Uh, that's kind of what they they equated there. Uh, the thing about wood decks right now is that the price of cedar, cedar decking, is going up. It's a dollar, let's say it's a dollar 95-ish a foot right now for two yeah, by it's, six. It's getting up there. Two by six, naughty cedar, yeah. You can get... Trex decking, which is a composite, it's going to last forever. It's got a 40-year warranty or... Yeah, something crazy. Something, yeah. Or maybe it's a 25-year warranty. It's Let's say 25 years. But it's like... I'm not certain. 30 cents more a foot. Yeah. I mean, that's for the little bit more that you're going to pay to get composite decking uh, and then to have a warranty telling you that it's going to last, uh, that's a big deal. That is a very big deal. To me, I would rather spend the extra 60 cents to 70 cents a square foot more to put a composite deck down. So I mean, you got to imagine that's only $70 for 100 square feet. And if you've got a deck that's, you know, 200 square feet, do the math. It's not that much. Yeah. So when people come in and ask me about what they should put on their decking, I always like to talk about what are you trying to get out of this deck? Do you want longevity? Uh, do you want something luxurious, something nice uh, that you don't have to put a lot of effort uh, into effort into, or maintenance? I mean, that's the other thing. That that doesn't equate into a cedar deck, the maintenance. 
You have to, if you want a, a cedar deck to last, you have to put a coat of stain on it just about every year. Yeah. That's definitely a lot of work, but a lot of people will tell you, Corey, we live in the Pacific Northwest. We like trees. And so we want to build a deck out of wood because, uh, because that's, you know, that's what we are here. We're wood people. We're not plastic people. Right. I agree with you. I like, I like wood. I, I do but... too. I, li- I like wood, but it is definitely more maintenance and, uh, and will have to be, we feel like have to be replaced sooner. I would most definitely, though, if I were putting in a deck in this application, I would put on composite. So, but that being said, let's move on to the next uh, the next item on the cost versus value report, uh, and it's a bathroom remodel. Yes, a mid range bathroom remodel. They say will cost you about twenty two thousand dollars, and you'll recoup about eighty seven percent of that cost. Eighty seven point seven, almost eighty eight percent. And uh, I'm facing I'm facing bathroom remodel right now, and I know you are too. I know that you want to remodel your guest bathroom. I do. And so the, this is really near and dear to both of our hearts. Uh, $22,000 does seem like a lot of money to spend in a, such a small room. Um, but again, as weekend warriors, I'm sure we're assuming that we're going to be able to do um, what they did, but for less. I uh, yes, by far. Um, I'm in the same situation because they in this report, uh, they say that it's a five foot by seven foot bathroom. Uh, they've replaced and put in new ceramic tile floor, all new fixtures, added a thirty by sixty inch inch porcelain uh, steel tub uh, with four four by four ceramic tile surround, new sh- uh, single lever shower control. Uh, let's see, replace all the fixtures, toilet, all that stuff. So. Essentially, just replacing everything that's there with kind of just new stuff. Yeah, I mean it's a it's a big project just just to retile, replace the tub, the sink, and the toilet, and the floor. Uh, that alone is it's a big it's a big project. It is a big project, and I mean I'm gonna do mine myself. Uh, that is on my list of projects to do. Probably not this year. Uh, probably more like next year. But uh, when we do it, I will do it myself, and I intend on using you. Yeah, I've done lot, I've done of... one bathroom already, and you've seen it. Well, I helped you with it. You don't love the vanity sink, but apart from that, you feel like I did a pretty good job. <laughs> you did okay, thanks. but uh, but in my bathroom, really, the only thing I have to do is do a floor, and a new vanity, a new tub, or I'm sorry, a new toilet. I'm going to leave the tub, and some paint, and I think uh, I can get my bathroom done for well under three thousand dollars. Wow. Well, I mean, if you're able, and here's the thing, if you're able to do that for three or $5,000 and it's got a $20,000 value, you've literally, uh, you know, added value to the bottom line of your home, value that you did not even spend, which is a big deal. Uh, Knowing that you're going to get the money back that you're spending on the project is a big deal. And when you can do it in that kind of volume, well, I mean, that's, that's an investment you can't afford not to make. I agree. That is, uh, that's why it's up on my list. All right, so moving on, uh, after the bathroom remodel is siding replacement. And, uh, you know, this is a big one because replacing your siding, like we talked about before, if you're just replacing it because you don't like your old siding and there's nothing wrong with it, uh, the value there probably isn't as much as you've let your siding decay and you're replacing it because you have to. Right. Uh, A siding replacement is a great is a great example of a, of a 
project that's going to bring you really good return on investment. In this case, it's a $17,000 project and it brings you 86.6%. That is a great return on investment, especially siding. Siding does so much for your house. And there are such great products out there now. Uh, Hardy, for example, is a great siding product. It's got a long warranty and it's going to definitely improve the value of your house. We should talk about that a little bit more after the break. Yeah, we got to take a quick break. When we come back, siding your house is going to make you some money. You're listening to Tony and Corey, your weekend warriors. Don't go away. Hey, welcome back. Thanks for staying with us. Today in the show, we're talking about cost versus value. Uh, we've been kind of going over some of the things like uh, replacing or adding stone veneer, replacing your entry door, uh, kitchen remodels, deck remodels. Uh, all of these things are pretty high in percentage on your return on your investment. Uh, the highest being 125%. Uh, right now, we're talking about siding. And uh, siding's kind of... Uh, an interesting topic because there's a lot of options, so many options that we should probably stop and talk a little bit about them. Uh, if you're replacing siding because you have leaks or because you have uh, old rotted siding and it's, you know, it's been on your house for 30, 40 years, well, it's probably time to look at your weather resistant barrier. Uh, one of the things that a WRB does is keep, uh, wind in draft out of your home. And uh, it's probably a good time to look at it, probably a good time to replace it. Yeah, absolutely. If you think about 40 years ago, what we were using for vapor barrier underneath siding uh, 40 years ago, well, it was tar paper. And, uh, you know, 40 years before that, it was newspaper or it was nothing. Uh, so vapor barrier has come a long way to make a more efficient home. Uh, and so that's something that uh, if you're replacing old siding, that's something that you will do because you'll hire a contractor. The contractor will will recommend that. It's, uh, it's what's code for new construction now. And so everybody's doing it. And it will drastically improve your efficiency, your, your home's efficiency, which is going to mean less... Um, less drafts yeah less to lower your your heating bill your power your electricity bill yeah bill. yeah it's going to make the home more comfortable and um and it's going to be great so there's a lot of benefits apart from the fact that a siding replacement offers you 86.6 percent return on your investment so not only of course are you getting most of your money back that you spend on that your uh your in, in making the house look and perform a whole lot better than it was before. And it's going to save you money in the end daily on your power bill. So it's definitely a good way to go. Of course, keep in mind, if you're replacing the siding, you're also repainting. And there are more things that go along with that. Yeah, you know, in, in this cost versus value report, they say that the siding replacement is going to cost around 17000 bucks. 
I think that's probably about accurate for a tear-off and a new vapor barrier and new siding interim. Uh, I don't think that that would include paint. And I'll tell you right now, to get your home painted uh, for an average size home is probably going to cost you five, $6,000. Uh, one of the things that you don't really think about is the cost of the paint itself. Uh, paint for a home is going to run close to $1,000 yeah. just for the paint. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's 40 bucks a gallon. Yeah, for decent paint. Yeah. That's 200 bucks for a five-gallon bucket. And you got, what, 15 or 20 gallons probably? What do you think? Yeah, I mean, I'd probably say that's and then you right. And then it's everything else, right? Primer if you have to get it. All the the the, the sprayer if you have to rent it or the, the rollers if you're going to roll it or whatever it is you're going to do. All of that costs you money. Um, canvases and, and plastic and tape if you're a taper. Tony's uh, a taper. <laughs> all of that stuff is going to cost you money. Uh, but in the end, ultimately... Siding replacement is a really good return on your investment. Definitely a project to take on, especially if it's necessary now. Yeah, let's stop and talk a little bit about some of the siding options. It can be daunting. Uh, there's a lot of talk about uh, hardy plank and LP and you know cedar and all of these different options. The same with trim. There's all kinds of trim options. What, did, in your opinion, Tony? What do you think is the best siding op out there? Oh, in my opinion, the best siding out there is indeed a fiber cement uh, siding product. You know what? I'm going to just go out on a limb and I'm going to say Boral. Boral is a product that's made out of fly ash. And that product is absolutely, in my opinion, impervious. It does not take on water at any time in any way, shape, or form. I know you know this. And uh, that product, while a little bit more expensive than the other products it's it's like a fiber cement product but it's but it's not and uh, it's brittle sort of like that before it gets on the house but once it's on the house um an amazing product great trim great siding more money but in my opinion it'll last forever yeah it uh, that is a really cool product some other really good products on the market right now james hardy james hardy makes siding they make uh shake they make trim uh, one of the things about the trim is that if you're going to do a fiber cement siding, it's kind of ridiculous not to do the trim in something that's similar. Because what a lot of people do is they'll put the fiber cement siding on, and then they'll cheap out, and they'll buy the cheapest trim possible. But then what happens is when you paint it, fiber cement siding holds paint quite a bit better than wood, because wood you know, absorbs moisture, and then it expels the moisture, and in that expansion and contraction, uh, the paint just doesn't hold nearly as well. So over time, your trim's going to look like crap, and your your house is going to look great except for the trim. Yeah. In addition to that, that wood is going to rot, and your siding will not. Exactly. Take it from, what did you say it was ridiculous? It is ridiculous. It's Yeah, take it from someone who, as ridiculous as me, I put wood trim, on my hardy sided house. But the fact is, folks, that this information, uh, we're really only coming to fully understand it now. Um, hardy trim is not that old. And understanding how poorly wood trim works with hardy siding is not that old. We haven't had this information for that long. Uh, but what we know now is that wood trim. Uh, will not last like hardy siding does and eventually you'll have great siding in your house and all your trim will be spoiled and rotten and will have to be replaced and you will just keep doing that if you don't 
spend the money to get hardy trim. Yeah, I, you went through this. Yeah, I need to put hardy trim on my house now. I haven't done it. I have replaced some of my exterior trim already. I upgraded from a, a white wood to a cedar. So I made an adjustment and got something that was going to last a little bit longer. But ultimately, in the end, Corey, I'm just going to keep throwing bad money after good if I don't replace it with Hardy, which will last, you know, uh, as long as my siding. So take it from somebody who's already made the mistake. If you're going to reside and you choose a fiber cement siding, choose a fiber cement trim. It will it's it's the best um, it's the best investment you can make. Yeah. And even more recently. Uh, you can get fiber cement light blocks, fiber cement receptacle blocks that are cut from hardy trim. Uh, there's a company right here in Portland that's making them. Uh, you can get anything you want. Yep. Custom cut or there's, you know, stock on the shelves at any par lumber now. We all stock these. That's right. Uh, hardy blocks. Um, so it, there's no reason not to. I mean, in my opinion, a full hardy exterior uh is probably the best. It's a, it's a good way to go. Absolutely. Um, you have uh, worked really closely with uh, Louisiana Pacific, and you've sold several projects with uh, LP uh, siding over the last couple of years. Um, and you stand behind that product. I know you do. I do. Uh, they, you know, the thing about LP is they did run into some problems. Uh, back in the early 90s, uh, they moved into this market into the you know Pacific Northwest, and they just started selling the heck out of it. The problem was, is that it wasn't designed for the rainforests that we live in here. And they had some problems, but you know what? They went back, they reformulated, they fixed it, they paid to get all that stuff fixed, and they reformulated, and they have not had a problem since. So that product now has a 50-year warranty. Um, I think it, it looks really good. And uh, it is going to stand the test of time yeah. now, yeah. even here in the Pacific Northwest. Yeah, uh, it is a good product. I feel like it is. And uh, so those are some options to your beveled cedar siding or shiplap siding um, that's made out of wood. Uh, these are some options. Some of them will last a little bit longer. It's a good way to go. Siding, uh, uh, just to recap really quickly, siding replacement, $17,000, 866 percent return on investment that's a good one we'll be right back Home Improvement Show, built by Par Lumber. Now, here's Tony and Corey. Today in the show, we're talking about cost versus value. Thanks for staying with us. Tony, we've been talking about projects that are... Mainly, I think a lot of these projects are Weekend Warrior projects. Yeah, most of them are things that a real weekend warrior or a determined weekend warrior can tackle and uh, and save a bunch of money and make a bunch of money. Yeah, like siding your home and uh, putting on a deck, uh, putting in a new entry door. I mean, these are things that you can do 
uh, maybe with a little guidance, maybe yep. with a little help. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think most of these you can do yourself, and you can take that percentage of you know return on your investment a lot higher. But there's a few projects that are on here, Corey, that are real popular ones um, that are in some cases things that you're going to face as a homeowner at some point anyway that you wouldn't do on your own. Um, here's a primary example. Roofing replacement. Oh, yeah. I'm not getting up on my roof and re-roofing my house. It's literally my only defense between my dry family room and that wet, you know, cloud that's above Rain. my house. Yeah, yeah. Rain. Uh, I, I'm a staunch believer that the roofing on your house is so important um, that it needs to be done by a professional. I, I won't roof the house. Now, I did help um, roof my shed, which I feel like I did a good job. You roofed your shed. Yeah, with metal. And you felt yep. like you did a good job. But uh, when it comes to my house, I'm not going to re-roof my own house. True, 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 true. I'm just not going to do it. Yeah, if my shed leaks a little bit, uh, my mower's going to get a little wet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's different. It's if different, the right? the roof of my house leaks... My flooring's going to get ruined. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so that's one of those projects. A roofing replacement, a mid-range roofing replacement, they've got at about $23,000. Boy, there's, you know, there's a, there's a, it totally depends on the size of the house and the kind of roofing you choose and how cut up your house is and a lot of things. But let's just take it for what it is. Mid-range, $23,000. they are giving you 79.3% um, return on your investment. And the fact is, for the roof folks, that's awesome because you have to replace your roof. Whether you're getting your money back out of it or not, you have to replace your roof. Uh, and uh, to get 79.3% return on that investment is that's is, pretty good. Is really good in my opinion. And so uh, don't be afraid to replace your roof. It is costly, um, but it's it's your last line of defense between your dry head and your wet head. <laughs> There are a couple things when you're thinking about your roof uh, that I want to point out because we, we did it. We had to replace our roof a few years ago Well, right when we moved in. So I guess it was about two years ago. At the same time, we replaced our uh, skylights. Skylights are very important, especially if they're old. If you have an old skylight, that is fogging over, uh, now would be the time to replace it. Especially if, the, you know, your roofer's up there, everything's torn off, looking clean, just do it. Yeah. You know, it's worth the two or 300 bucks to get a brand new skylight in there that you know has a good warranty and is not going to leak. Another thing to keep in mind is a good opportunity to, for you to add some natural light where you maybe don't have it already. And you can add natural light in your closet or in your master bathroom or in your guest bathroom or even in a cl- or even in a an entryway. Um, and it doesn't have to be expensive. Corey's sun tunnels. In, yep, Corey has uh, added a sun tunnel, a couple of sun tunnels to his house and added natural light in a place where otherwise it was very cave-like. And uh, they work very good. And so uh, that's a very inexpensive addition that you can add if you're already in the process of replacing your roof. I wonder what the return on investment for a sun tunnel is. The thing about a sun tunnel is they're only like three or 400 bucks. Right. And you can install it yourself. You can. Yeah. They're not terribly uh, difficult if you follow the directions, uh, but you have to be careful because you are cutting a massive hole 
in your, your roof. roof. <laughs> uh, but it does come with the kit to yeah. flash it properly. And if you follow the directions, I think you could do it pretty uh Inexpensively and, and pretty easily, yeah. And so that tells me, that leads me to believe that your return on investment there would be really good, especially if you're adding natural light where there isn't already any light or natural light at all. Well, I think about it like this. If I'm walking into my master bedroom closet and I have to turn on a light no matter what in the middle of the day, yeah, that's crazy. It seems silly, doesn't it? That's why I added a sun tunnel there. Yeah. Well, it works really good there. It also works really good in your master bathroom. I love that. That natural light in the shower is, it's nice. When have you taken a shower? My oh, I've had, I've done it. <laughs> <laughs> I remember when you sent me under. You've been in my shower? Remember when you sent me under your house and made me oh, get all muddy yeah. and dirty? Yeah, okay, uh, okay. At least you let me shower before. I, I remember yeah. that. Uh, so that's a that's a really good one. Um, let's move on. This is This is where things are starting to get a little dicey, Corey, right here. We're getting to the bottom of the list where the where the percentage that you get back the, uh, uh, of what you spent is kind of going down. We're looking at a backyard patio. Backyard patio. Now, nobody is more familiar with a backyard Ooh. patio than you. You just finished your backyard. And I know we've spent a lot of time talking about it on the air. But when you spent the money that you spent on your backyard patio, did you think that cost versus value 2018 would come out and tell you that you're only going to get 50% of your money back. I did not. And here's the funny thing. Okay, this this report says that a backyard mid-range patio is going to run 60,000 bucks. Now, I don't necessarily think that a patio is going to run 50,000 bucks. 60 Six, sorry, yeah, $60,000. I just don't think that's the case. And so what they're telling you essentially is while while they're saying you're going to spend 60000 on it, what they're really saying even more importantly is that you can only get 30000 out of it. So do you feel like that you got a $60,000 patio for $30,000? Oh, I spent far less than $30,000. Yeah. I put in a 1,200-square-foot uh paver patio yeah i did get very inexpensive bricks uh shopped around got the best deal i could and i got basic basic bricks uh yeah about 1200 square feet of them um you also landscaped your yard yeah landscape plenty of dirt and, yeah you seeded and dirt out seeded and sodded yeah i had to overseed but yeah we sodded it uh but yeah i mean we got all of that sod for like 500 bucks yeah I mean, I got an entire backyard of RTF sod for like 500 bucks. Plus, you put a retaining wall all the way along the fence. That was a good, what, 150 feet? Uh, 80. 80 it's feet? about 80 okay. feet total. So, yeah, you did a lot. And the patio... Brand the, new fence. The backyard patio, your backyard patio looks amazing. I mean, it's picturesque in, as far as I'm concerned. Um, I just don't know about that whole 50% return thing. I think... Because I did it myself, I weekend warriored it. I did a lot of it myself. I had some help. I did have some paid help. Uh, but in the end, the amount of money that I spent on it, I think I have a 200% return on my investment. Wow. Well, based on confidence. what was there before. Yeah. Now, that's, you know, that again, that's we've talked about this several times during this show. Uh, depending on what you've started with, if what you're starting with is a disaster and you spend $50,000 making it immaculate. Well, 
I think that's probably a far difference of return than if you start with something that's usable and make it better. Right. Sure. You know, then sure. your return out of this is probably a little bit slimmer because it was nice before, but you've made it a much nicer. Right. Well, I agree with that. Again, uh, it, you they're assuming certain things when you're valuing a home and they're assuming that the backyard is not a disaster zone. If indeed your backyard is a disaster zone, then that's going to take points away, right? That's going to detract from the already value of your home. And you need to do something back there just to bring it back up to retain value. Again, <laughs> a difference between improving the value and retaining the value. So, uh, and in your backyard was desperately in need. Yeah, yeah, I wouldn't call it a disaster, but I would definitely call it uh, darn close. Yeah, desperately in need. Okay, so let's move on. Uh, that's really the the backyard patio was pretty much the bottom of the of the mid range list of items, and and I really want to cover a couple of more things that are things that are really something that you probably shouldn't be doing. You mentioned it a little bit ago in the show. I want to spend a little bit more time talking about it. If you are adding on something to the house, it takes on a whole new sort of uh, scenario, right? So we're going to spend a little bit of time talking about that as soon as we come back. You're listening to Tony and Corey. Your weekend warriors don't go away. We're back. We're talking about cost versus value today. Tony, what's the most valuable thing in your life? The most valuable thing in my life? I can tell you what the most expensive thing is in my life. What? My best friend, Corey Valdez. <laughs> he's the, he's my most expensive thing. I don't know um, if I'll ever actually get all that value back, but I keep trying the every day. The return on your investment <laughs> yeah. in yeah, this relationship. He's my most expensive thing. Corey's my most expensive thing. <laughs> Um, but he's well, awesome. what's the most valuable? I would hope that you would say your wife. My wife, yes, my wife is my most. My wife and children. I feel like um, are all three of them equally valuable in my eyes, and um, and I would do anything for them, of course. And then my house takes a close third, fourth. I mean, <laughs> forgot the other daughter. Yeah. <laughs> um. So so here's I was kind of alluding to this this separate situation, right? We're come to the last thing, the bottom of the list, right? The bottom of the barrel, if you will, the rottenest of the apples. This is a, the, and this made the top 20. So it's really still a popular thing, right? But it's the bottom of our popular things. It's a master suite addition. So if you're living in a house and it's a three bedroom, 
one bath, right? And all three bedrooms are 10 by 10 and they're all pretty boring and none of them have an ensuite bathroom or whatever you call that, a master bath. But it's still a million dollar home. Yeah, but it's still a million dollar home, which I feel like and Corey feels like it never, ever happens. But in this scenario, um, they have you spending $275,000 to add a master suite. I mean, if I added a $275,000 master suite, my house would become worth twice as much as it is right now. <laughs> um, but uh, so so there's, you know, there's some holes in the, you know, the thing. And but basically what they're saying is if you're adding a master suite to your house, your return on investment is about 50%, 51%. 51% return on your investment if you're adding a master suite. Now, that's assuming there's not already one there, right? You have this half a million dollar home and there's not already, or a million dollar home, and there's not already a master suite. It's a weird situation, but um, but the return on investment is about 50%, kind of like a backyard patio. But if you don't have a master suite and you plan on staying in this house, you should probably add one. I I would not like to live in a house that didn't have a master suite. Yeah, no, that uh, that's that's pretty high up on my list, I think. And it would be if you spent two hundred and seventy five thousand dollars on it, it would be phenomenal. Can you t- tell me a little bit about? <laughs> I would hope so. Can you tell me a little bit about what that would look like? Would that be like a gold-plated toilet? Forty by sixty, you know, with vaulted ceilings. Gigantic walk-in shower that like, showers twelve. <laughs> a closet, right? That you can park your RV. In. RV. In. <laughs> yeah, I imagine that a two hundred seventy-five thousand uh, dollar master suite edition would be pretty amazing. But they're probably adding foundation walls roofing permits uh, you know permits permits in portland probably cost you two hundred thousand. i mean the whole thing is a is a major big project but just keep in mind that adding square footage to your home does not always give you as a matter of fact um i would say maybe half the time give you a return on your investment of of a hundred percent don't expect that if you spend two hundred thousand dollars adding square footage to your home that you're going to get $200,000 out of. It's just not necessarily the case. Um, the cheaper you can do it and the more work you can do, the better your outcome will be. But adding square footage just isn't always going to give you the return that no. you expect. Yeah, that is absolutely false. Most most home projects around your home, unless you do them all yourself, will not net 100% return. Yeah. However, there are a few things, you know, that aren't on this list that I feel like do return uh, fair amounts of money and they're just not included on this list. Like, for instance. Wait, wait, wait. Would one of them be a security system? A security system? I know a guy that recently put a security system in his house. I wonder what his return on investment will be. Yeah, that's an interesting one. I don't know. <laughs> it's awesome. Don't get me wrong. It's your security system you put in your home is phenomenal. And I would love to have that kind of power. I feel like, you know, like I'm running this this massive um corporation with all these, you know, cameras <laughs> put, looking I put at all four, these four video cameras up. Uh, yeah, that's it's my security system. It's awesome. It's really awesome. I no, love it, it. It works out really well. 
Uh, but there's things like adding insulation. Yeah. You know, adding insulation to your home is not terribly expensive, but yet over time, your return on that investment, I feel like, is going to be pretty good. No doubt. Because you're going to be saving that on your energy bill. Uh, things like paint, silly things like painting your home. Yes. Painting your, uh, just your entry door. Uh, creating that curb appeal. Yeah. Those are some very inexpensive things that are, I guarantee you, you will get 100 or 200% return on that little investment that you put into it. Yeah. Uh, yeah, repairing the fence, uh, whether it's a white picket fence out front or the fence that uh, that separates the front yard from the backyard, repairing handrail if you've got a front porch, um, making sure that uh, your your caulking has not failed on the siding on the house, um, cleaning the windows. I know that doesn't cost anything, just time, um, but all of these things are very important. Curb appeal is important. Yeah, that's... Um... We always talk about these things, you know, these maintenance things, and honestly, they're so important, uh, like cleaning your gutters. Yeah. Also, keeping fresh flowers or planting, you know, plants that don't look like they've been there since the 20s, right? If you've got a rhododendron that's, you know, 20 feet tall and 20 feet wide and, and looks terrible, trim that thing up. Or tear it out of the ground and plant something new. A fresh look in the yard, in the front yard, also is going to make... And that is not always inexpensive, Corey. You can spend a lot of money landscaping, just buying plants and shrubbery. Um, but it's it, that's money well spent, too, I'll especially you if you're selling the house. I'll give you a tip because I just went through this in my backyard. We did this whole backyard remodel. We shaved everything down to nothing. We took all the dirt out. You know, redid it all from scratch. Uh, what we did was we waited till the end of the season. We went to the nursery in about October where they had tons of these amazing plants on super sale. And we bought them all. We got, I think they were about 75% off, all of them. So we got a ton of very nice, expensive plants. I mean, Japanese maples. I got Japanese maples for like 40 bucks. We were able to buy them. And you get them in the ground in the fall, and they will be perfectly fine. Yeah. And especially when they when they start growing into the spring, they actually do better. Yeah. Uh, yeah, here's another little tip. Just going to throw this out for you. Um, bulbs, right? Bulbs. Put bulb flowers in the ground and uh, now, and they come up early in the spring, and they're uh, always a surprise. Is it too and, late? I don't know. I, it's not frozen. We're not frozen here in, the, in Oregon anyways. Um, you know, after the first real freeze um i think it, you, you're running a risk of uh of losing stuff but uh until you get that real first freeze and i, I don't know what's going on in bend or northern washington but here in uh, the portland area uh, we haven't seen a lot of uh, real big freezing so uh, you, you might be okay at this point i mean it was uh, 60 60 degrees last weekend i took my christmas lights down how proud of me are you? I'm really proud. Did you get your Christmas lights down? I did. On the same sunny day? I did. In a t-shirt and shorts? Well, close. <laughs> I was actually feeling really sick. I had this terrible cold, and I'm still trying to get rid of it. It's terrible. Yeah, it's terrible. If you haven't got your Christmas lights down, now is the time to do it. That's it. We're out of time. Cost versus value. Save that money. Folks, thank you so much for tuning in. This has been another episode of Your Weekend Warriors right here on the Weekend Warriors Radio Network. Have a great week.